Hey, what's up? My name is Steven, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. I'm excited to start a new series today, Whatever It Takes. You guys heard that song before? That's been my anthem for like the last month. I know it's older, Imagine Dragons, but in, in one sense, I, I want to partner that to get stuck in your head along with God's word, because here's what I know that we're all at right now. We are all at a place to where it's a new year and we want a new me, right, in some area of our life, that there are things that we experienced, maybe some, some habits we picked up in 2021 or some habits that we wanted to form that we didn't quite, you know, fully get solidified in 2021. And so we are now in a season to where people are making New Year's resolutions, right? Are you guys making those? No, you're like, I'm done. Like 2020 just crushed all of my New Year's hopes, right? I'm not, I'm not doing anything anymore, right? But the truth is, is that, that we are all taking steps to better ourselves. And so when you look up this word um, resolutions, so there's a few different definitions for resolutions. One, it's a strong determination to accomplish something, is you have a strong resolution or, or you are resolute about something. A resolution is also solving of a problem, answering a question. And when I was Googling like resolutions, most of the things that popped up book-wise were for conflict resolution, right? We're all trying to figure out how to solve problems. And, you know, for those of you who are, you know, you're not a fan of conflict, you're trying to avoid conflict. But the truth is, is like conflict produces growth. And then I love this definition. Resolution is to bring into a sharper image or a clearer picture. And so when I think about my very first TV that I got in like second grade, it was black and white. And it had the knobs that you turn. Has anybody ever seen those? Like you, you, you click it and then it had an antenna on the back of it. And I was playing, you know, there was the Atari, then there was a step up. It was called a Coleco. Has anybody ever heard of that, right? All right, I had a Coleco that I was playing on a black and white television. And so now you have not just HD, ultra HD, you have 4K, and now they're coming out with 6K. And so, so everything is, is moving towards creating a better picture, a better resolution. And when you and I, when we're making resolutions, whether it's New Year's resolutions or maybe mid-year resolutions, what we're doing is, is we're trying to get to that clearer picture of what we want our life to look like. And I just kind of thought like a resolution is a renewed determination to make a change to solve problems that we see in our lives, to get us to a closer picture of what we want our life to look back look like. And so when we look at this, whatever it takes, are we willing to do whatever it takes to achieve that? And for us here at Avenue Church, our resolution will always be our mission. Our vision is to help you 
to help others experience the way of life that they were created to live in Christ. Not just a better way, not just another way, but the way that you were created to live in Christ. And so in order to do that, in order to live differently, guess what we have to do? We have to live differently. In order to live differently, we have to live differently. And so what that means is, is we have to do some things differently in our lives. Um, when you look at this faith walk that we are on, those of us who are following Jesus and those of us who are, who are trying to live a life obedient to his word and, and the leading of his spirit, it's, it is a two-part um, work. There is a part that he does, but then there is also the part that we are responsible for. And honestly, when you look in Scripture, a lot of times before God steps in and, and activates and does his part, he leaves it up to us to be obedient first. And when you're looking in the New Testament, Paul reminds us of this several times throughout Scripture. It's a two-part process, our part and God's part. And he's given us what we need to do our part. John says that he's given us everything we need for living a godly life. Paul says in Ephesians, he's given us not just the desire to do what pleases him, but also the strength and the power to do what pleases him. And then I read this just a few days ago in, in Corinthians, and it's just, I, I love the, the picture of this. It says that we're called to live righteous, and God helps us do this. And it says he does this for us because he is faithful to his word. And it says he has invited us into a partnership with his son, Jesus. So he's called us to live this life as believers, but then he gives us what we need in order to live that life so that we can do our part of the partnership, that he's invited us into partnership. And so we're not alone in this. And, and I got to thinking about this this morning in prayer, that every step of obedience that you and I take, guess what that is? That is a step towards a miracle. And that every step of obedience we take, that is a step towards provision. And a lot of times, we don't want to take that step of obedience. We want the miracle. We want the provision. We want the strength. We want the courage. We want it all without us doing our part. One of my favorite authors, Mark Batterson, has a statement, and, and it is like one of my life statements as far as pushing me forward, is, is we have to pray like it depends on God, but then we have to work like it depends on us. And what we want to do in the church world is we want to do one or the other. We want to just pray, 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 God send, you know, the lottery check to my mailbox, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to have to work for it. Or we go to the other end of the spectrum where we're working, 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 and we're not bringing God into the equation at all. And so we're carrying around this weight and this guilt and this shame because we don't feel like we are measuring up and getting good enough. And so it is a both and that we work like it depends on us, but we pray like it depends on God. We don't work for perfection, right? Through performance, but we work towards that through a partnership. It says that, that he will complete the work, guys, that he has started in you. Whether it was started last year, two years ago, five years ago, six years ago, and sometimes, man, sometimes we get to a place where we feel like the work has stopped and that God's done with us. The work may have stopped, but he's not done with you. 
that he will continue working little by little by little until the day of completion when Christ returns. And so when you stumble and when, you, well, like when we stumble and, and when we fall, we're not done. We're not out. God can still work and is still working. But this is where we have to come to a point to, and, and understand that there are things that, that you and I have to do. And so over the next three to four weeks, we're going to be talking about are we willing to do whatever it takes? And today we're talking about prayer and fasting. Next week, we're going to be talking about endurance. Uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about living in community. Because sometimes in order to do what God's called us to do, we have to do it with, within the context of community. And community can be messy because we give people um, permission to speak into our life. And then we're going to talk about risk. And that my pastor always said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, right? And that if we're going to walk in faith, there's going to have to be some opportunities to take risks. But we have to, not just to complete a New Year's resolution for 2022, because there's nothing really special about the start of a new year that's any more special than the start of January. Or the start of, what's the next month, guys? Help me with it. February, right? There's really, you can make a resolution February 1st, March 1st, April 1st, May 1st. I'm going to stop there because I don't know my calendar, right? And so, but there's nothing special. But if you can just decide that I'm going to, in my partnership with Jesus, do whatever it takes to achieve what he's called me to achieve to walk in that life that he's called us to walk in. And so we're going to talk today about prayer and fasting, and it may be something new for you. As a church, we're going to have certain habits and rhythms and disciplines that we are building in our, in our calendar and our schedule. And one of these is at the beginning of every year, most every year, we will have a period of prayer and fasting for 21 days starting at the beginning of the year. Um, where we're going to come together as a church and, you know, you and your family, however you decide, for 21 days, we're going to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. It is turning our attention, our um, eyes, our ears, our whole wheel and our life to pursue what God has for us. And for some of you, this may be, like I said, this may be new. Um, fasting with prayer, it unlocks things. Like, because it's, it's almost like the pre-workout for your prayer. You guys ever taken pre-workout? I did once, <laughs> and only once, and it makes your face itch, and I was like, what is going on? My scalp started itching, and so it, it, it builds up, and I've not taken it ever, ever again. As you can tell, it didn't work, right? <laughs> But, but what fasting does, it's almost like the pre-workout. It, it, it makes your spirit a little bit hungrier for the things of God. And so we see this in Matthew chapter, or in Mark chapter 9. There's a story where, where Jesus heals a boy that the disciples could not. And, and he's been on the Mount of Transfiguration in Mark 9 with um, Peter, James, and John. And, and it's the three of them. And they come back down and they see this commotion and, and this father had brought his son to the disciples that were at the bottom of the mountain for them to heal his son. And so there was all this commotion. And so the disciples could not heal the father's son. And so he brought him to Jesus and said, look, 
I brought my son to your guys, and your guys just couldn't do it. And I love Jesus' statement. He says, he says this, you faithless people, how much longer do I have to put up with you? Imagine if your boss said that to you, right? It's like, how much longer have I got to put up with you, right? And this is Jesus talking about people. And, and for some of you, this is, this is your life verse. When you're with people, you're like, how much longer do I have to put up with you, right? But, but Jesus, in this moment, this is what happens in this moment. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers, that it was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. And he said, listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And that is exactly what happened. And so, but you gotta look at the disciples, all right? So, so where are the disciples in this? The father brought the son to the disciples to do it, and they couldn't do it. And, and here's what I want you to understand. It's not the disciples. It wasn't that they did not have the authority to do it. They had been given the authority to do it because we see in Mark 6, Jesus called the 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. So they had the authority it wasn't that they were lacking the authority or the ability. And here's the thing. It wasn't that they didn't have the experience because they had the experience. After they received the authority, they went out and they did just that. Mark chapter 6, verse 13 says, And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. So it wasn't that they didn't have the authority. It wasn't that they hadn't done it before. So what was it? So they leave the crowd, they get alone with Jesus, and they ask Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus said this, this kind can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. And so there are some this kinds in our life that we can only attain pursue, receive, unlock, open up through prayer and fasting. Now, here's what I don't want to confuse you with. I don't want you to think that prayer and fasting is a hunger strike, okay? I don't want you to think that, that, that you're gonna go on a hunger strike for Jesus and he's gonna feel sorry for you and he's gonna answer your prayers. He's gonna give you direction. It's not like the silent treatment that we used to give our parents, right? You see how long, like, you know what? I'm so disappointed with you, Dad. I'm not talking to you all day. That never lasted very long with me. And it's fun now for me being on the other side as a dad, when my kids are trying to give me the silent treatment because I'm just making it all the harder for them. Don't smile. Whatever you do, don't smile. Don't laugh. Like, I'm trying to... So I don't want you to think that, that when we fast that we're trying to twist God's arm to do something for us. Okay? I, that's not what it's about. You're not earning... We're not earning brownie points with Jesus. Okay? He loves us regardless. He has blessing. But what it does is it, it actually unlocks things within us that allow us to see and hear him better and recognize where he's moving. Prayer and fasting is this. Prayer and fasting is intentionally seeking God by giving up anything that comes between us and God. Let me say that again. Prayer and fasting is intentionally seeking God by giving up anything that comes between us and God. 
So what is that anything? Hebrews 12, chapter 1 says this. 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Listen, let me tell you this. It doesn't have to be sinful to slow you down. Because it says every weight that slows us down. And I told the, our A-team this morning in prayer that sometimes it is the good things that slow me down more so than the sinful things. That it's the good things that I'm still trying to hold on to. And, and so what we do is, is we throw off these good things to make room for God things. We throw off these good things to make room for God things. And we see this, this in the account of Jesus before he begins his ministry in Luke chapter 4. Um, it says that the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at all that time. And he became very hungry. And this verse has really stuck for me for years in that where it says he ate nothing and he became very hungry. And that's like, duh, Stephen, that's obvious. If you're not gonna eat anything, you're gonna become hungry. But here's the spiritual element of that. If you've been to church any length of time, you've prayed, you've been to camp, you've, you've been in services, at some point, someone makes a statement, Father, we just wanna be more hungry for you. We want to be hungry for the things of God. We want to be hungry for your word. We want to be hungry for your spirit. We've all said something like that in prayer, right? God, I just want to hunger and thirst for you. Like there was a song back in the day. It was like, you know, I hunger for you. I thirst for you. But if we're honest, are we willing to do what we need to do to be hungry for the things of God? Jesus took himself out of everyday life spent 40 days in, I don't want to say isolation, but in solitude. Because there's a difference between isolation and solitude. He spent 40 days alone with God, put no focus on anything else, wasn't worried about what he was eating, wasn't worried about the news, wasn't worried about what the neighbors were doing, wasn't worried about anything else. He was completely engulfed in solitude with his heavenly father, and then he became hungry. Are we willing to really, really, really do what it takes to be hungry for the things of God? Because in order to really, really, really be hungry and to be sustained and nourished by the things of God, this is why we fast, is to take the things out of our life that we are allowing to satisfy what only we should let the Holy Spirit and God's word satisfy. And so these are three things that, that fasting does. And then we'll talk about how, like the practical things. Fasting, number one, it reorders our priorities. Fasting reorders our priorities. I read this quote in, in studying by this guy named Dallas Willard. And he says, fasting is a theology of priorities. It reveals how much our peace depends on consumption. Fasting is a theology, which means a study of priorities. It shows us and reveals how much our peace depends on consumption. And I want to ask you just to think, when you're anxious, where do you run to? 
for your peace. When you're worried, where's your first go-to? When you're stressed out, where's your first go-to? Mine is the cabinet and the fridge sometimes, right? <laughs> when I'm anxious, I go to cleaning the house sometimes. That when, we're, when, when we step back and we take a time of fasting, it shows us what we are using and resorting to to receive a peace that really, truly only the Holy Spirit and Jesus can. So what have you relied on has become your default go-to? The second thing is this, is fasting disciplines our flesh. I love this statement Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching others to others, I myself might be disqualified. Here's what happens. So, so for those of you who are going to choose food, for those of us who are going to choose food, what's going to happen is, is your body is going to rebel. Your body's going to want that sugar. Your body's going to want that caffeine. And so you can do one of two things. If you go, if, if, if you go and you give in and you go get that cup of coffee, that's one of the things I'm giving up because coffee is my lifeline, right? Um, our coffee cups today say fuel for life. For me at times, that is the truth. But what's gonna happen is over the course of a day or two, my head's gonna just be pounding. You guys have had those caffeine headaches that are gone. I've got a BC in my pocket, BC in prayer, right? <laughs> just in case, just in case. I'm good so far. But, but here's the thing. Your, your body is gonna go into withdrawals. And so what we're doing when we're fasting is we are disciplining our bodies. And it's the same with those of us that may be thinking about giving up social media or news or whatever. Your brain is going to be craving that. And so what you're doing when you say no to that, you are disciplining your body. Okay, But on the flip side of that, what you're doing is, is you're strengthening your spirit. Fasting strengthens your spirit. Luke 4, 14, it says, then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit. See, the other side of this, I don't want you to just get caught up in taking something out. The other side of this is adding something to it. That is praying and reading God's word. Because to be honest, like fasting without prayer is just going hungry, right? Like, why would you do that? <laughs> And, and, and it has to be intentional. You just can't get, go to the end of the day like, you know what? I haven't eaten today. All right, I fasted. No. Here's what I find out. Like, I can go a whole day without eating and not thinking, like, anything about it. I get to work. I get to clean. I'm doing all these things. But the minute I decide, you know what? I'm not going to eat today and I'm going to fast, my stomach, like, at, like, two hours out of bed, right? You guys get it? You've been there, right? And so it has to be intentional. But what happens is when you replace these things, every time you have the urge to eat, you pray. Every time you have the urge to pick up your phone, to check a notification, open the Bible app, play a worship song. And so here's, here's what I want to do to help you guys. is on our website. If you go to ouravenuechurch.com slash 21 days, we've got some resources to help you guys on fasting, on prayer. Um, there's even a link to the series that we did on prayer, which has been the most downloaded stream series that we've had. We've had like something somewhere around like 80 downloads and streams on that prayer series. So I want you to incorporate that 
there's some other prayer guides, and even let us know. If there's something very specific that you're praying for, you want to see you know, a breakthrough as we sang about this morning, let us in on it so we could be praying with you and praying for you. Can you guys do that? Like, I, I don't want you to feel like you're doing this and going through this by yourself. And so what we do, guys, is we are replacing these good things with God things, with more prayer. And look, there's even this on the website. So when you go to that, we also have a 21-day devotional. So if you don't know where to start, start with us. So you can, you can click on it and join with us. I would love to see 50 of us going through this 21-day devotional on prayer and fasting together because here's what's happening. Not only are you growing as an individual, but we are growing stronger as a church spiritually. And I will promise you, along the way, what's gonna happen is you are going to get tempted, okay? You're going to get tempted, a couple of times a year, I always fast at the beginning of the year. Sometimes I fast leading up to Easter, leading up to my birthday. And, you know, when I do the 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year, back in the day, I used to have a Keurig. You guys still have the Keurigs, right? And so I would ask for all these coffee pods for Christmas. But then starting January 1, guess what I couldn't have? Coffee. It was like, thanks for giving me these coffee pots. Or if I'm fasting leading up to Easter, guess what happens at Easter? You get all this Easter candy. Like there was a time where the fruit bowl was empty except for Starbursts. And I was like, is that fruit? Can I have that? <laughs> is that like, like is, can I have that? Satan, get behind me. You are a liar. Like who put that there? And my kids were messing with me, right? But you are going to be tempted. And look, you may fall. You know, God honors that. He knows your heart. Don't beat yourself up. But here's what I want you to do today is I want you first, I want you to um, decide your objective. Decide your objective. What do you want to accomplish? Are you, are you looking for more clarity? Are you looking for closeness with God? Are you looking for direction? Are you looking for an open door like God opened? So for me, going into my 40th birthday, I knew there was a shift that was coming. There was a transition that was coming. I was still living in Jackson, felt called to leave the church I was at to either go to another church or start the church that God had placed on my heart several years ago. And so I started praying 40 days leading up to my 40th birthday. There was nothing spiritual about it. That's just what I thought I should do, right? And so in that, I was looking for God. I need clarity and I need direction. And so how, like, how do we fast? What does a fast look like? There's different ways you can fast. The first one is this, is a full fast, a total fast. Now, this is cutting out all food, only drinking juice and water. All food cut out only juice and water. I see some of you looking like, what? No, you don't have to do that, guys, unless you feel led. And I would encourage you, don't do it more than two or three days if you're not used to it, okay? You can do a total fast. You can also do a selective fast. This is where you cut out um, certain things, a partial fast. It's fast from sun up until sundown is kind of how the, the, the Jewish culture does it. You can't fast from sundown to sun up because that's cheating. All right, I'll give you guys a minute to catch that. It's like, I'm fasting every day from sundown to sun up. No, you can't do that, right? You can choose to fast from sun up until sundown. Um, you can choose to fast if you're fasting a meal, maybe lunch, maybe breakfast, maybe dinner a couple of times a week, completely up to you how you decide 
to do that. But in the time that you would spend eating, make sure you're spending that time in prayer and in fasting. Um, a selective fast. This is what I do a lot of times. Um, there's something called the Daniel fast where you eat only fruits and vegetables and grains. You're not eating any of the stuff that's good. <laughs> like, it's like, like for me, when I first started doing that, that was like so hard because your boy doesn't eat a lot of vegetables. But guess what I do now? I eat vegetables. I love broccoli and green beans. But the first time I did a Daniel fast, man, I was terrified. But I also knew this was something God was calling me to do. So I ate a whole lot of peanut butter and oatmeal every day and apples and like beans. And so the, like my kids loved it. Not really. But, but, but for you, what do you need to select? And and then, and then for some of you, like, I don't really know about food. Maybe you've got some health issues. Then, then do a soul fast. And honestly, we probably all need to do this in addition to something with food. And a soul fast is cutting out things that, that are sucking life from our soul, essentially, whether it's social media, Facebook, Instagram, news. Maybe you're on your phone all the time. And so I was talking with someone over the weekend. I was like, well, our, 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 20, like our, our first birthday is coming up in the middle of 21 day of prayer and fasting. And I need to take a break from social media. But how do I take a break from social media and promote Avenue's first birthday? It's like, I know your heart's right, right? You're wanting to do the right thing. So maybe you need to do this. Take everything off your phone and turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. And only access social media from your computer. Do you guys remember when that was the only way you could get social media? It was like, like you, you, you had to go home and spend hours adjusting your MySpace page, getting the right song and getting all of that, right? Where you could only do that from your computer. But now we have the capabilities of doing it from our phone. And look, guys, like there's been times where I've been on my phone either texting or sending an email or social media and my kids are around me and they're talking to me. And guess what? I'm not hearing a word they're saying. My phone Sorry, Ella, <laughs> right? No, I, I only listen to you. You're right. Um, but my phone is here in front of me. But in all reality, my child's here. My phone is there. It's what's blocking me and them. And in all reality, sometimes our phone is the thing that is keeping us from spending more time with God. If you were to look at your screen time, don't do it now because I don't want you to feel guilty, right? If you were to look at your screen time, where are you spending most of your screen time? It's probably on something that's, that's stealing from your soul instead of adding to it, right? For you, maybe it's news, it's basketball. What is it that you need to cut out that has come between you and God? So decide your objective. What do you want to accomplish? The second is this. Seek your directive. Which of those fasts do you need to take? Seek your directive. Which direction do you need to go to? Um, David says this in the Psalms. He says, point out anything within me that offends you. So I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging us. Ask God today, the next several hours. If you don't start it today, that's great. If you start tomorrow, it's fine. But ask God, God, what is it in me, in my life, that is coming between me and you? that I need to take a break from, that I need to unplug from, that I need to, that I need to discipline my body. Maybe it's caffeine. Whatever it is, ask God, what is it? that I'm allowing to provide peace in my life other than you? What am I consuming that I'm looking to receive peace from other than you? And so here's, here's what I want you guys to know is this. And it's fasting does not put us in a better position for God to hear from us. 
Fasting does not put us in a better position for God to hear from us. Fasting puts us in a better position to hear from God. Fasting puts us, prayer and fasting puts us in a better position to hear from God. Um, back in the day, when I had my black and white GETV, we didn't have cable in the country. We had these things. You guys recognize these? I remember when my phone had that, right? I was like high class. My phone didn't have a cord. My phone had antennas. And so I would always push it down because I always felt really cool popping it up, right? But this is what prayer and fasting does. Those of you who, who don't know what this is, these are, it's called an antenna. It's called a rabbit ears, right? Um, when I didn't have one of these, we used a coat hanger, right? Um, and there were certain people that had the gift of adjusting it just right. You know, you had to get the antenna angled one way and the other way. And some of them were like super fancy. They had a dial on it. Um, and it, it, it turned. Like we had an antenna one time that was on the top of our house. And we had a dial in the house. And so you would turn the dial and it would adjust the antenna to pick up certain channels. And if you wanted to watch another channel, you had to turn the dial the other way and it would adjust the antenna the other way. And so today, it's like we just kind of flip through and we can watch whoever we want, whenever we want. But it takes a little work to adjust to get a clearer picture with an antenna. And so for those of us that are trying to get a clearer picture of what God has for our life, we have to do a little adjusting. And prayer and fasting are like the rabbit ears on the back of the TV. We have to work it to get the picture, right? And as the picture comes clearer, we see what God has for us. And so I know for some of us, this 21 days is, is, is going to be a challenge. And if you get 10 days, man, come on, 10 days. If you get five days, five days. If you get one, give me two, right? Come on. But here's the truth that I know, that I see in God's word. And I want us to know this. I want us to walk in this. Jeremiah tells us this. He says, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look wholeheartedly for me, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. That's what I want these 21 days of the new year to be. I want these 21 days of the new year is us as a church seeking God. I want us as a church, I want you and your family seeking God to see what he has for you, to hear what he's saying to you, to cut out all the distractions so that you can hear him clearer and you can pursue what he has for you, to do whatever it takes because he's already done everything that he can. And again, we're not, we're not working towards perfection based on a performance but guys, we are in partnership with him. And so if you're here today and you know, you've tried to pursue all these different things and you've tried to achieve goals and you've tried to have relationships, you've tried to do all these things and nothing has found fulfillment, what you are honestly actually searching for is the one who created you. You're searching for peace and that peace can only be found through a relationship with Jesus. And it doesn't matter what you've done it doesn't matter what you've experienced, how bad you feel about yourself, how negative you feel about yourself. The one who created you loves you unconditionally. 
whether you participate in 21 days of prayer and fasting or not, guess what? He still loves you. And his purpose for you is still good. His love for you is still unconditional. It's not based off anything you could ever do. But like Jonathan said earlier, this helps us know him a little more. And as we know him more, we understand him more. But the first step for someone in this room may be coming into a relationship for the very first time. Or maybe you've been out of the house for a while and you're coming back into the house today. And so I want to ask you, could today be your day? That Jesus is calling you. He's standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, I never want to miss an opportunity for someone to change the direction and the trajectory of their life. If you're here today, and you've tried living life your own way and it just hasn't seemed to work out. And you would say, I give up and I surrender, but I, I wanna surrender to someone I can trust. And Jesus has done everything for you. The only thing he's asking of you is to simply say yes. And if you would say, Jesus, I give you my life, if that's you today, I'm gonna ask you just very, you can lift your hand and put it right back down. We're not gonna put you on the spot. This is just between you and your Savior acknowledging that you don't have it all right, but you need to put your life in the hands of the one who can. Awesome. Awesome, look up here at me, guys. Whether you raise your hand or not, and raising your hand doesn't save you. It simply acknowledges need help. In a moment when we pray, it's, it's not my words to save you, but it's yours right where you're at. You simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm, forgive me for what I've done. I believe that you love me, that you died for me, that you raised from the dead for me. I trust my life to you and will do my best to follow you. Whatever those words look like in that conversation for you, it's not all that's gonna be said, but it's the beginning of my hope and my prayer as, 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 as your pastor and as our church that it would be a lifelong conversation. So let's pray together. Father, we come to you this morning and I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you for your presence in this room even during worship. And God, it's, it's our prayer that, that something that was said today would just strike the deepest core of our heart and of who we are. That your word says it's sharper than any two-edged sword cuts between soul and spirit, between bone and marrow, revealing who we are. And so God, those that raised their hands today or even that didn't, that acknowledged that they need to repent, to turn away from their current life, to follow you into a new life. God, I pray that they are receiving that forgiveness. God, they are experiencing God, your love right now. God, that all guilt and shame is being wiped away, that all the old things are gone and all things are being made new. That they are now a son and a daughter of the Most High King. So Father, we thank you. For us as a church, God, as we get ready to enter into, the, into these 21 days, God, we, we, we don't wanna do it out of performance, but out of partnership and knowing that there are some things that, that, that we unlock and some things that we attain 
by knowing you more, by knowing you better, by not trusting in our flesh, but by trusting in you and following your spirit. And so Father, I pray that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open over the next three weeks as we pursue you to get a better picture of who you are and how you see us. In Jesus' name we pray.